Welcome to For the Love of Dharma. I'm so happy you're here. My name is Heather Love, and I'm one of the first certified Dharma coaches in the world. This podcast will help you be more joyful, remember your purpose, and live life on your terms. Get ready to get inspired. Here we go. Hi, friends. Thanks for being here today. This is a special week for me because one year ago this week is when I launched this podcast. It's honestly something I'm not sure I ever saw myself doing, but I'm so glad I did. In this process, I have started to find my authentic voice and I feel more and more confident in who I am as a person. I have found that I genuinely love having conversations that I probably normally wouldn't have and that I kind of have a knack for asking quality questions. It's only through doing this podcast that I've been able to nurture this skill. I'm often told by my guests how much they enjoyed our interview and how it's been one of their favorite guest episodes that they've done. This truly means the world to me because I have so much fun with these conversations and I learn so much. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate that I have this way to connect with you each week. This week is one of those tough conversations that I think people need to be talking about more. My guest today is Ashera Boyer, and we are talking about healing sexual trauma. Ashera experienced sexual abuse when she was young, and now she helps other women heal from similar experiences and find their inner goddess. In this episode, we discuss why talk therapy didn't work for her, why connecting to your senses is the doorway to healing from trauma, and what a sensual goddess is, so stick around for that. Without further ado, let's welcome Ashera to the show. Hi, Ashera. Welcome to the show. Hi, Heather, and hi, everyone. I'm really happy to be with you. I'm so glad you could join us all the way from France. I've never (laughs) been. Magic of internet. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I've talked to people all over the world this week. It has been amazing. So the way I like to start my episodes is I'm going to have you choose either blue or red. I have a blue book and a red book, and I will choose a question from whichever book you choose. Uh Okay, I'll choose red. What do you love most about yourself? Mm, I love that question. What comes up is my hair. When I was a young girl, I there was a, a neighbor, a, a woman, she had long black hair. And to me, as a little girl, she was the, you know, the archetype of the feminine. And I've, I've always loved my hair and I used to have long hair but they are very thin so now (laughs) I I just cut them but yeah hair (laughs) oh I love that answer I also love my hair and I think it took me well into my 30s probably before I really appreciated it but you know what really changed for me is last fall I got COVID and about three months later all my hair started falling out. And it was then that I realized how attached to my hair I was <laughs> because I was freaking out and I lost about half my hair and it's it's growing back now. But 
yeah. it was terrifying. Just it's coming yeah. out in clumps. And I'm like, oh my God, my, my precious hair. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, hair, you know, when you talk about it, I've had gray hair for since I am 30. So I actually kind of have been proud of it. Like it's a, it's a witch symbol or whatever. I kind of invented myself uh, really cute things with these gray hair. And today I like them because they are unusual for my age. And yeah, to me, they are synonym of wisdom and wisdom has been one of the great goals, if we can put it that way, of my life. <laughs> mm, well, your hair is beautiful. I love it. <laughs> I, w- I would love for you to tell my listeners, what was Ashera like as a young child? What was your personality like? What did you like to do? I was very, a very joyful young girl. And I loved playing dolls. I had, I had great friends in my area and we were hiding in the bushes and, and playing dolls. <laughs> and I really loved animals. I've always loved animals. So I used to take all the stray dogs to my house to, uh, to get a shelter for them, to shelter them in my house. And my mom was like going crazy <laughs> with all these <laughs> animals I was trying to rescue. Yeah, so I really enjoyed being in the company of, of dogs. Mm. And I still do. <laughs> do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up? Oh, yeah. I wanted to be a wildlife veterinary. Is that how you say it in English? veterinarian I think is what you're trying to say yeah like to help animals right yeah yeah I wanted to go to the to the forest in Africa and to care for the gorillas like um uh, I don't remember her name right now but I think it's Jane Jane Goodall Mm -hmm. yeah but this very famous woman I want to take to wanted to take care of the animals and nature oh my gosh and I love gorillas they have such a personality when you look at them and I've only seen them in captivity obviously yes. but they're just they have this demeanor about them they're so beautiful and thoughtful and you can tell they're really like looking at you with as much yeah. curiosity as you are looking at them yeah yeah and what powerful beings and at the same time you can feel their strength and such a sort of calmness and centeredness. It's really amazing. Mm. And so tell us what you do today and the journey to get there. Well, today I'm a healer for human beings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I work with women and I help women who have faced sexual abuse and trauma, but mainly sexual abuse to reclaim their joy, reclaim their vitality, their freedom, and to feel whole and happy and and loved again. The journey to get there, it's been my own journey. I have been sexually abused by my father when I was a teen. And, well, you can imagine the impact it had on my personal life. Of course, I went to therapy. I started with talk talk therapy. But after almost 10 years of talk therapy, I, I ended up realizing, well, I know my story from A to Z. I can analyze it. I can understand the psycho-emotional game behind that. 
and I'm still not thriving. I'm still not feeling peaceful in my daily life. I still feel very much disconnected. So how how do I go from there? So that that's when I started uh, working with different modalities, alternative modalities, and like kinesiology, Reiki, flower essences, lots of things related to the body. I have had the great joy and grace to meet a spiritual path that is an embodied spiritual path. And that has been one of the greatest savior on, on my way, on my path. Mm, thank you for sharing that with us. I can only imagine how traumatic that must have been. Mm. You seem like you're thriving now. So what are some of the steps you have taken to, I don't know if overcome is the right word, but to move through that and become who you are today? First step, breaking the silence always. I mean, one of the usual consequences of that kind of trauma of being raped or sexually abused is to to feel shame and guilt and so we don't want to talk so the first step has been to break the silence because then you can start i well yes i say you but basically it's me i think it's the same for probably every person who has experienced that same thing but you start taking your power back and then Another big step for me has been to realize because I went I went to court at some point I believed that this external justice was going to give me the peace and relief I was expecting I was looking for and it happened that for many reasons it didn't go to the end of the procedure so I never got officially recognized as a victim. And at the beginning, I thought, wow, that's really hard. And how it's not it's not fair. So how am I going to deal with that? And actually, I felt a huge relief. And that I was very puzzled and, and very surprised. And I finally realized that this specific event of not being officially acknowledged as a victim has been the kickstart to me stepping out of victimhood inside myself. Mm. I realized I was the one in charge for my own peace and my own relief. So I stopped expecting for answers to come from outside and that opened a whole new level on my journey. Oh, that's so amazing. And like you said, just so powerful to bring that back to how you respond to it. You can't change what happened, but you can change how you move forward. So a lot of women who have been through something like this, I know you talked about coming forward but what if they're scared? What if they don't know how? What do you say to them? Because the fear is what's holding them back from saying anything. I would say before you you start talking, you start breaking the silence, make sure you are supported. If you are not surrounded by supportive people or by a, a good therapist that can accompany you in that 
opening, then wait and wait until you feel strong enough and uh, until you have the right support to go through the different phases that breaking the silence imply because they that does imply you know speaking to the police speaking to your family maybe so it's a lot of speaking out so and uh, yeah it's it's not that easy so if you don't have the support you wait until you do because it's it's a big thing that you're about to go and tell people i mean i i am kind of uh, very straightforward so well, I had the support of my of my therapist, but I had no support from my family, and yet I decided to go for it and talk. And I talked to all my family members, so that was huge. But that's that's me, and I I don't want to advise that to anyone because you know advising bold steps is always very tricky. We are all different. We are all unique. So. And in this very case of, of trauma, I think the main the main focus is really listening to where we are and to respect our own rhythm. And if it's too difficult for us to to sp- speak out without being supported, then yeah, it's better to take care of ourselves, build up our strength, and uh, and then speak out. So I've talked to women who have had sexual trauma in some way, and the difference in how they handle it is really amazing. Some people are very held back. They're still in that victim mentality. And some people have been able to move through it. And they're like, yeah, this was a thing that happened to me and I'm over it. So what's the difference? Like, what? How do you get from I'm a victim to I've overcome it? Mm. Well, being fed up with yourself is a great starting point. Yeah, I mean, the consequences of trauma in, in one's daily life are, are very, very tangible and, and very, yeah, very difficult to face. I mean, you have anxiety, you are disconnected from your body. In my case, it was very difficult for me to connect with other people. I was really scared of having... Um, personal relationship with friends or with partners. Yeah, I had a lot of self-loathing patterns. I was really not loving myself at all. With that came a whole bunch of friends, if you could call them like that, like bad eating habits and compulsory eating, uh, a lot of heaviness and finding it difficult to go for a walk or take care of yourself on a daily basis. So at some point, it was so uncomfortable, so uncomfortable that I got so fed up with myself that I wanted to do something. I think that is the catalyst for all change, right? You do, you just, you're you're tired of being where you're at. Yeah. So what role has spirituality played in your healing? Huge. It's very interesting. I met spirituality through the dances of Universal Peace. It's a practice of, of spiritual dancing. And we sing and dance with other people. We hold hands, so we make a circle. And we dance and sing peace mantras from all spiritual, 
spiritual traditions of the world. And that's my, that's been my first encounter with spirituality and it's been in the body. So I was moving my body instead of feeling frozen and instead of, you know, keeping my stored emotions completely blocked. I was moving, enjoying myself. I was in the circle and well, sharing presence, sharing the glance with other people and sharing our voices. So feeling the group, feeling the, the other presences of people, the vibration of people. That's been kind of over, overwhelming for my system at the beginning because it was a lot. And at the same time, that's what started cracking me open. I remember the first, I think the first six months of this practice, I spent them crying. And I didn't know why I was crying. But, you know, when you sing peace mantras every weekend, all day long, then, of course, peace starts to reach you in, in your heart, in your body, in your emotions, in your gut. So I had a, a whole six, six months of deep healing with good crying, good crying. When you are going through that, what motivates you to keep going? Because if you're already feeling a little not in alignment and then you're crying for six months, what helps you get through that to keep going? Joy, pleasure. You know, I like to say when I do my practices, my spiritual practices, sometimes I get a tiny little second of grace. And so it's like tipping your toe in a, in a bath, in a warm, really relaxing bath. And when you have your toe in there and you feel, oh, it's warm and I feel I'm expanding and I'm relaxed and I connect to people and I open and I feel at peace then, I mean, you want more. You want all your feet to be in the bath. So you just go there and you carry on. And the light, well, the light of, of spirituality is really holding you in great love. Mm, I love that. So do you think that women who either don't like their bodies or they don't like sex, just don't enjoy it, any of those things. Do you think they have experienced, everyone has experienced trauma on some level or could that be something else? That's a good question. I mean, that's, that's very difficult to answer because there's no general answer to that. We are all so unique and we have such unique stories, life stories. So I can say that if you look at numbers, most women have experienced abuse and trauma in some way. And we live in a society that has conditioned everyone, not only women, but to accept abuse as, as normal. So we all have experienced being violated in some ways. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about what trauma means to you how do you define it because i think 
getting a baseline of kind of what that means or abuse can be so different. You know, you can have things from someone said something that was inappropriate to all out rape, right? So there's like this whole spectrum of what it could mean. So what does it mean? What does trauma mean to you? To me, trauma is when your system nervous system, emotional, psychological, spiritual, your your holistic system can't handle the stimulus coming from the outside. You know, I like the image, giving the image of a cell. The cell is some kind of round shape thing with a very thin membrane. And imagine a needle coming into the membrane and uh, poking the membrane. So if that happens once, the membrane is going to contract and then it's going to go back to its natural state. It's fine. If the needle comes back very often, very regularly, and changes the, the places where it pokes, then after a while, the membrane of the cell holds in the tense state, holds the tension, and does not have the same capacity to go back to its natural state anymore. So trauma to me is is that when you've got stored yeah, stimulus that you can't handle and they are so regular or and or so big, that you your system don't know how to go back to its natural state anymore. I love that description. It makes so much sense to me. And yeah, when you're just, you can feel your body when you're in a state of being tense. So that I really resonate with that a lot. I know that you also work with the senses. So talk to me about why that's important. To me, that's one of the first doorways to heal from trauma because when we have experienced trauma we cut off from our senses that's one of the first thing we do we cut off because it's too difficult to feel and that's very natural and at the moment of trauma this answer uh, this response is is needed so we can we can be grateful for it but then as in, in the example of the cell, it get, the tension gets chronic and the cutoff from our senses get, gets chronic because we are afraid of feeling the pain. We are afraid of experiencing the pain again. And we have not been taught to let the sensations and emotions flow through us. We have not been taught to do that. So we, we constrain everything. So going back to our senses through sensuality for me is a joyful, fun, and pleasurable way to reconnect with your body. It doesn't have to be sexual, and that's what is great. Sensuality is not sexual. It is being present, present with your senses. So it's cultivating presence mindfulness how do we touch ourselves for example well when when we have been abused touch is usually 
a sense that is really cut off that we feel it's dangerous. So we tend to avoid it. It's very triggering, even even if it's lovable, even if it's in a loving way, even if it's if we get touched in a loving way. So how do we start reconnecting with our sense of touch in a way that feels safe, in a way that we feel we can allow ourselves to feel pleasure? So yeah, I feel that's that's very important to learn. I would say, you know, like a wild animal, you want to take to tame it. Yeah, just a little bit like that. You can start using your senses, using your sense of touch, using your sense of smell, using all your senses to reconnect at your own pace with your rhythm, uh, at your rhythm with your body, and by being touched, allowing yourself to be touched in your body, you also allow yourself to be touched in your emotions. So you start feeling again and you build little by little, you build, you build your capacity. You can hold more and you can relax more into the holding until life energy can flow again and you can start reclaiming your joy, reclaiming your creativity, reclaiming your sexual life, reclaiming pleasure, lots of great stuff. <laughs> I love what you said that sensuality doesn't necessarily equal sexuality. So they can be tied together, but they don't necessarily have to be. There can be a lot of things that are sensual without being sexual. So I know you have a guidebook on how to unleash your sensual goddess. So I would love for you to tell us, first of all, what is a sensual goddess? And do you have a tip or two that you would like to share with my listeners? Yeah, sure. A sensual goddess to me is a, she's a wild woman. She's a woman. And when I mean wild, I don't mean over expansive and you know <laughs> i mean she's a woman who fully embodies who she is all the colors of her inner landscape i like seeing us as landscape we are full of unique colors unique textures unique ways of relationing unique ways of being with the world, being with other humans, unique ways of seeing the world around us. We are all unique universes. A sensual goddess is a woman who owns all parts of herself and she can hold the comfortable and the uncomfortable with the same loving kindness and aligned, trusting strength. All this is part of life. What we call the dark and the light, they are all parts of life. There's no good or bad. So that's what a, a sensual goddess is to me. So of course, when you own yourself, you're fully in your body and 
you're fully present with what's around you, with nature, with people, with the experiences you come to cross. So you're fully embodied. And so this guide I created, it's a series. It comes as a series of videos around the seven senses. And because I use, I use seven instead of the usual uh, five or six we use. And it's a series of short, simple practices that women can implement every day uh, very easily to start going back to their senses, going back to their full presence at their own pace in a gentle way, gentle yet powerful. You know, I like saying that we are we are entering a, a new paradigm on many levels and also also on the level of healing, the time where we need to analyze everything, we need to talk through everything, uh, the time where you need to force to fix something that would be dysfunctional with you, that, that's over. We can really lean into grace, basically, lean into the grace of life and trusting that if, if we start allowing ourselves to be touched by ourselves and by life, then life is going to bring us all we need to heal, the right amount at the right time, and the healing can be smooth and really flowing. It doesn't mean that we won't have to go deep, but it means that we can go deep while feeling in, in flow with life, while feeling we are respectful of where we are, who we are, what we need. Mm, that's so beautiful. And the work that you're doing is so needed in this world. So I thank you for, for doing what you're doing. I would love for you to tell my listeners where is the best place to find you and how can they work with you? People can find me on my website. It's sensualhealing.net. And they of course they can also find me on Facebook with my with my name, very simple. It's it's a, a personal profile, Ashera Dominique Poyer. And uh, they can ask me a friend request and I'd be happy to uh, to accept that and to connect with them. And I have actually a, a, a program, a three-month program that I call Luxuriance, because we are all luxuriant women. <laughs> so it's a three-month program for five, six women, and it's a mix of one-on-one work with healing sessions and of sisterhood circle with the rituals with uh, practices that I share around sensuality, around embodied spirituality as well. I use a lot of the tools I have used in my personal journey. So women can walk with me that path during three months to really find freedom and unconditional love. Amazing. And I will link everything in the show notes so that they can find you. 
Before I let you go, I like to ask five questions. You don't have to answer them quickly. I just want you to answer with with the first thing that comes to mind. And it's just a way for my listeners to get to know you better. What is something that makes you laugh? My cats. (laughs) (laughs) Cats are hilarious. (laughs) We were talking earlier about gorillas having personalities. Cats (laughs) definitely have personalities. (laughs) What is something you are excited about right now? Oh, I'm hosting a masterclass. I'm co-hosting a masterclass on Saturday on how to heal the feminine way. So I'm really excited about that right now. Ooh, that sounds really interesting. What does the world need more of? Kindness. Mm, For yourself and others, right? Yeah. What are you learning about right now? What comes to mind has nothing to do with my work. I'm learning about (laughs) building a hobbit house. I am... (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so fun. (laughs) So I'm learning how to live in the forest and building my own hobbit house with my partner from what we have in the woods. That's been a dream of mine for years and now we are doing it. So I'm, I'm learning to peel wood. I'm learning to do a lot of things from, from the forest, you know, how to light a fire when you have nothing, you know, all that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. I can't wait to see how that turns out for you. All right, last question. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your younger self? Love yourself, always. Yeah, because if you don't love yourself, it's hard to love others, right? Yeah. Yeah. And even when we feel we are not lovable, that's an illusion. We are all lovable. We are all one yeah. from God, right? Yeah. yeah. Ashera, thank you so much for being here. I have loved this conversation. It is so needed in this world to talk about this and have these conversations. So I thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I thought that was a pleasure. It can't be stressed enough what Ashera said about finding support and breaking the silence. This can be very scary depending on your situation, but there are definitely people who want to help you. I feel so strongly that women shouldn't be silenced or made to feel like they have done something wrong in these situations. So if you find yourself needing to talk to someone, please reach out to a shelter or authorities or someone you trust. I know I mentioned this in the show, but I really love what Ashera said about sensuality not having to be tied to sexuality. I think to me, these two were absolutely related and they can be, but this conversation opened my eyes to the fact that they don't have to be. Links to connect with Ashera are in today's show notes. As a birthday present to my podcast, I would love it if you would head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star rating and review. The world needs more conversations that matter, and by leaving a review, you help my podcast get seen by more people. Thanks so much for listening. Have a magical day. This podcast episode is brought to you by Prompts to Purpose, my free workbook that will help you stop spinning your wheels and start remembering your gifts. Inside, you'll find 25 journal prompts to get you thinking about things in a new way so that you can find your purpose and start living the life of your dreams. 
If you're ready to dive in, get on my email list by clicking on the link in the show notes or in my Instagram bio and I'll send it over. Come on in and see what everyone is talking about. 